everyone, and welcome back to Poets Return, Season 1, Episode 8 this week. I hope you're all staying safe and healthy out there. I do apologize. We still have a couple more minisodes with Connor that we're going to release intermittently as sort of bonus bonus episodes. Sorry about last week. We had some technical difficulties. I was sort of on overload with trying to um, upload some videos for other projects working from home amid all of this chaos. So we just got kind of sidetracked there. But I do promise we're still going to release some more content with Connor. We're actually going to release some content where he and I work together on our play at the edge of the wilderness. So look for that. But today for episode eight, we're featuring Alicia Beck, who I had the wonderful honor and privilege to meet through a friend of mine who referred me to her uh, as a very talented poet, which she is. So if you look for her on social media, her Instagram is Alicia Renee Beck. um, And her poetry is actually on a page called The Wind in the Shadows. So her Instagram, The Wind in the Shadows, features a lot of her poetry. And it was just great getting to sit down and talk to her and get to know her, hear a little bit of her story. And also was really cool getting to hear her recite her poetry because she is an actress. She has a theater background, um, went to school in Michigan, did musical theater, and is now doing a lot of film acting here in Los Angeles. So it was really cool to have her kind of perform, recite, and share her words. So we're excited, and I'm excited to be back. And I hope everybody's staying uh, healthy and safe again out there. And I hope that you're doing okay amid all of this. I know that a lot of people's lives have been upended. So I hope you're still at least able to get some creative work done and, and be productive out there amid a lot of the obstacles. So here is Alicia and Poets Return. Welcome to another episode of Poets Return. We have Alicia Beck on today. Hello. Thank you, Alicia. She's <laughs> here course, yeah. on December 18th, so this is during the thick of holiday season, <laughs> so it is a blessing that you are willing to join us when the world is more chaotic than ever. Yeah, no, I'm glad to be here. Thank <laughs> you so much. <laughs> yes, thank you. So Alicia got introduced to me by one of our other poets this season, Daniel Botello, and the two of you work together at Carl Strauss, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Lovely. Um, so Alicia, like many of our poets, also has to work many a job, or some jobs at least, yeah. <laughs> to make ends meet and continue to create. So just your history in Los Angeles, how long have you been here? What's your? How has your journey gotten you to where you are now in terms of location? Yeah, um, so... I grew up doing theater, all forms of art, of course, like dance, um, you know, music, playing piano, things like that. And I, um, my whole life wanted to move to New York. That was the thing. I was going to be on Broadway. That was the dream, right? Um, Went to school in Michigan for musical theater, which is a worthless degree. Don't ever do it. (laughs) Um, (laughs) As someone with their BFA in acting. Right. I, um, yeah, so graduated from there, but as I was in Michigan, started doing a lot of, like, film stuff. There was tons of stuff going on at the time there for that, and, um, I guess through that and then just a few other things, we had some family friends out here, um, I decided that L.A. would be the smarter choice just for me personally, so moved out here and haven't done an ounce of theater since I've been out here, only film stuff, which has been really fun, um. But I've been here for six years now, and kind of, it's been, it's definitely been a journey of figuring out, um, because, you know, you move out here and you think, oh, I'm going to be an actor and that's it, and I'm, you know, like, going to start with small things and build my way up, and it doesn't really work like that. It's kind of a lot of 
more hills and valleys than I <laughs> had anticipated. Yes. As we all <laughs> have, you know, as artists. It's a good way to put it. A lot of hills and valleys. Yeah. Um, and a lot more valleys <laughs> than I anticipated too. So in the meantime, um, sort of have just explored a lot of other creative avenues, um, whether that be dance, even production, like there's a whole world outside of just acting that totally. I hadn't thought of before, you right. know, um, that sort of thing. And just because I've always been just artistic in general and multifaceted I sort of just like to try new types of creativity and art and stuff like that which so. is awesome because it one of I think the hardest parts of being an artist sometimes is that we put ourselves in a box mm -hmm. and we say okay I'm an I'm a musical theater actor or right. I'm an actor or I'm you know I'm going into directing and it's difficult when somebody approaches you and might ask, oh, would you be willing to write this or direct this right. or do the, or even just modeling? Yeah. You know, I'd be like, what? And you're like, I excuse me. I don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to do that. But, um, but that's great that you've allowed yourself to just be open to all different mediums because I'm sure that's, con I mean, continued yeah. to keep it alive. I mean, truly, that's the only way I've been able to exist here in LA still because yeah. it's such a, I mean, it is an isolating city and a rough city to be in when you're not, you like living your dream in the sense of like what you thought your dream was going to be right so that's huge so I think yeah. um yeah that's really what's kept me alive and kept me going and in in valleys of like I'm not acting right now because of this or that I mean there was a huge period where like so I got married two years ago and I couldn't I was focusing so much on the wedding that my acting kind of like fell but that's when I started writing a lot of songs because I was like, wow. you know, I just had, I had time to do that and it wasn't something that I was like, I don't know, um, felt pressured to do, you right. know, like with acting. It was so something that like, just kind yeah, of was there. Yeah, it wasn't like planning the wedding and it wasn't like pursuing my career. It was like just, I was allowed to be me, you know? Well, and I feel like there are moments where it almost becomes like a gift. Mm -hmm. Like your art blooms. It's like this flower that's like, mm -hmm. hey, you didn't expect me. Yeah. But I might be the exact thing you need right yeah. now to know that your garden is like continuing. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it is hard because it's putting pressure as an actor, I think, getting representation, going out for constant auditions, trying mm -hmm. to figure out where you fit in, mm -hmm. getting new headshots constantly, trying to... You know, it's it, the gambit never ends, mm -hmm. and I'm not saying that it ends for a writer either. But I feel like sometimes there's a sort of like respite that happens when you're a writer, and you yeah. can when you get those moments where it's like, okay, I, I don't even care. I just need to focus. Mm -hmm. I just need to get this out of like my soul. Yeah. Um. So that's really cool that despite you know there were moments of course like you were saying the endless valleys. But yeah. Like this kind of kept you to where the valleys weren't like a dead desert. Yeah. Yeah. It was like <laughs> there's hope. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's awesome. And for poetry specifically, because you said obviously that you're, you write music and mm -hmm. stuff. So how, this is always something that fascinates me because I, I find when I write poetry, I'm like, is this a song? Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's like I, I, know. I, I expect fairies to come out and be like, yes, it's I a song. Know. <laughs> Good. Um, but how for you has that process been between like, you know, deciding if it's something you want to speak or leave as is or put melody to yeah I it's actually a relatively new uh process of distinguishing the two for me because it's so funny when Daniel asked me like hey do you want to be on this podcast blah 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 I was like I don't really identify as a poet mm -hmm. 
to be fair. Like, I, I kind of was like, oh, I guess I, yeah, I write a lot of poetry and I'm also a songwriter, but I would say I, I identify more as a songwriter up until really the point that he asked me that. And I was like, wait a second. You had like an existential moment. Yeah. I was like, wait, I, I do both because mm-hmm. there's so many quote unquote songs that I've written. Right that aren't actually songs, they're just sitting in my phone as poetry, right? And (laughs) so I think a huge part for me has been in the last, like, even year, just distinguishing between, learning to distinguish between that and... um, Absolutely. um, Which is, is, again, it's hard because, you know, there have been artists that have come mm -hmm. on this podcast and they didn't consider themselves rappers or, you know, spoken word poets. Because we just don't put it in our, our mind that we are that thing. Right. Um, but it's yeah. kind of like sometimes being an artist, like you were saying, is is adapting to whatever your voice needs at that moment. Yeah. And sometimes it's going to stay on the page. Sometimes it's not. Yeah. And But I think if you're, in my opinion, and this is like one of my rudimentary things, is if you're a songwriter, you're already a poet. Yeah. Book. Yeah. Absolutely. Because if For you're sure. hearing any sort of rhythm, melody that to me is poetry sings when somebody mm-hmm. can understand those things. Mm-hmm. So, well, and it's funny too, because <laughs> I've, I've always felt like, I mean, I've written songs, right. Since I was like tiny little. So even in that, I've always felt like I'm really great at writing words, but I'm terrible at writing the melodies. <laughs> and I just didn't know that poetry existed. Like, like I love the name of the podcast because a huge part of like, this writer coming out of me was like just even realizing that it was something like ever <laughs> that, since day like one. being a writer is something you yeah. know because I never I don't know I guess I think with the with social media and th- there really has almost been like a return of poetry completely and that's kind of where I even started like, fell into it and started reading a lot of it and realizing, oh, I do this. <laughs> right, you see it, poets like, of Instagram, oh. there's so many of them, and yeah. you read through, and it can be a, a line, a word, you know, yeah. and, and you realize, like, I express myself like this yeah. pretty constantly yeah. as, a, as a form of almost, like, continuing to maintain my sanity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's sustenance for so many people. That's one of the things that I've come to realize listening to so many amazing writers and musicians and poets coming on that are all all poets but in different mediums does it get specified everybody has kind of the same idea it's everyone says I just want people to know they're not alone Mm -hmm. I want to tell my story not Mm -hmm. only for myself because it's a story that's specific and true to me Mm -hmm. but because I know it's relatable and I know it's larger than me yep and that you know that's something for me because I'll write a lot of dark stuff a lot of dark shit and I, I go, nobody's going to want to hear this. And then I have friends like Daniel or, you know, people that go, mm, actually, everybody's feeling that way. Yeah. People just aren't expressing it. Yeah. And it doesn't always have to be dark. It's the same thing when you, you read a poem that's hopeful or it's about, you know, a lost love, but that you're not going to give up. It's, it's like we all go through those shades of emotion. And I yeah. think there's something so palpable about just words on a page yeah. hitting you or hearing someone get up and just say... I don't really have music. I don't have anything to go with this. I'm just going to yeah. vomit on you. Yeah. And again, I'm not saying that's because, look, nothing moves me more than music. Music, if you if you aren't moved by music, I feel like you're a sociopath. Like, there's something right? wrong with you. Um, so music is always going to make things, in my opinion, more powerful. 
to some degree, which is why with visualizations of these, we would have original music and mm -hmm. stuff like that. That mm -hmm. it might just be a symphonic right. background. Mm -hmm. But there is something in the human soul about words mm -hmm. that are just like, blah. Yeah. This is what it is. <clears throat> Here we go. Um, so I think that's really, that's amazing yeah. to hear that from you because that makes me really happy. And I think Poets Return is trying, it's because it is, it's everywhere. And Billie Eilish, like, I love her interviews because she's always like, these aren't necessarily my stories, mm -hmm. but it's me using my imagination and what words come to me when I think of this image, I think of this experience, I think of this yeah. relationship. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, the power of imagination nowadays. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But on that note, so Alicia's going to share a few different pieces today. Do you have, what would you like to start with? And again, if you want to explain anything, you yeah. can. Um... I'm not really sure which one I want to start with. Let me see. I'm always that way, too. <clears throat> it's like my mind just jumps to one. Yeah. I don't know what else. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It, the funny thing is, too, I, I've, like, titled one of these out of, like, <laughs> all of them. None of them have titles, so. <laughs> I never title anything until I think I'm putting it into something. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Do you want me to just go for it? Absolutely. Okay, here we go. I walk on, and on, and on, and on, and when I turn back, I expect to see you, or the house that we built together, or the life that was ours, and as I turn, I see nothing but a long stretch of highway that reaches to the ends of the earth, so I walk on, and I remember everything we built, the castle, when you told me the world was for me, when I believed that everything I was was made for something for something big. The castle had countless rooms full of things like love and laughter and hope, and I remember the life we lived there, when I thought I knew the world, before you told me I had a choice, before you sent me out here, before I was walking, on and on and on. You let me believe I was walking in some direction, that I was headed somewhere, maybe somewhere we dreamed up in our castle, maybe somewhere we hadn't even thought of. And I walked. For days I walked, days that became weeks, that became years, and I passed through a desert, and I saw a stream, and I took a drink, and then I walked on and on and on, and I came to rest near a desert tree. There's not much shade there, one body part at a time, the shade, shade covered me, and I let pieces of me rest, and pieces of me stay, and most of me burned in the sun, and I walked on and on and on. How many deserts must I walk through to find me, I wondered. How many? No one told me when I left my castle that this was the way it had to be. How many deserts? I walk on and on and still on and every breath of fresh air, every bit of shade, every cool drop of water that touches my tongue reminds me that there must be hope. There must be an end. There must be a destination at the end of this dusty trail. There must be something out there that I once believed that isn't just a mirage, that isn't just a desert tree. And so I walk on. And I hope that someday, one day, I'll find the place we've been dreaming about. The place that must exist for me to dream this hard. The place where air and water and shade are not a luxury but a reality. So I walk on. That's beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> That's beautiful. And you know what? It's such a beautiful depiction of having to leave someone and move on 
Yeah. But there's still hope. Like when you say, you know, that I know there's hope with every drop of water and like, it's, it's, but that journey can seem pretty infinite and endless. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the funny thing is I, so the, the catch of the poem, I guess, is that I didn't write this after leaving a lover. I wrote this after realizing that maybe what I had dreamed as a kid about being an actor, or I guess that was it really, um, wasn't exactly what I thought it was going to be. And it has been this process of like, as I've been exploring, of course, different lives, right? Like different lives than I had originally dreamed. It's been this process of like feeling like I found something and I've grasped it and I've tasted it. And then be like, oh, that's not the thing. And I got to keep going. I got to keep walking on. And I'm trying to figure out, like, how to marry the two between what this little girl dreamed, right? And, like, where I am now. Your journey. And where I end up. And if the journey is actually the dream, like, the thing. Or if there is a destination. Right. Yeah. I love that. That's great. And I think that the, the images are so strong, but that would obviously be a great one to visualize Yeah, because you could do it, you know, doesn't have to be, it can be you walking through the streets of LA mm-hmm. and getting yeah. what you need from certain interactions and being in the desert and others. Yeah. Cause we yeah. all know when you're just completely deprived of any hope or understanding yeah. also the confusion that happens where it's like an existential identity crisis. Yeah. Does that mean I'm flooding... <laughs> go past me, like, am I letting letting that person down, um, and letting go of something that I thought would be a part of my life forever, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't necessarily also mean that it's gone, right, which is really cool, yeah, yeah, that's awesome, (laughs) that was fucking badass, thank you, (laughs) um, well, and I'm just one of those fans, I also love, I don't know what it is, but, a lot of my poems I write it has to do with the ocean, mm. and I love elements. Mm-hmm. I love when people use, I'm wandering through the forest, yeah. I'm in a desert, yeah. like even already talking about hills and valleys, yeah. um, because I also think there's something so relatable to anyone about the idea of, we all, we have that, whether it's a person going through a rough spot in their you know, their career as a teacher and they don't know how to get their kids inspired to write or or listen. Or if it's, you know, a mechanic that doesn't know how to make people less uneasy when they come into the garage, Mm -hmm. you know, because they don't Mm -hmm. think they're going to get shy. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, I'm really an honest person. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But we all have like those struggles and those identity crises Mm -hmm. that that happen. And it's like, uh, does this mean I'm not who I thought I was? Right. Yeah. And so I love that the destination and the journey and those being the same but also dis- different yeah. yeah and it's like each one you go through it almost feels like oh I'm going through this again but then it's like just another level of like right uncovering who you are as you're growing into a new person right it's kind of crazy, it is crazy. <laughs> and everyone everyone is going through everyone. it whether they acknowledge it or not that's a different story <laughs> very true very true it's like a constant coming of age yeah exactly yes. well what was your next one that you'd like to share? As I put, great question. It's just like great. <laughs> but yeah, I'm I'm just a fan also of stuff like that because um, 
I feel like you were saying it doesn't have to apply to any specific relationship. Like mm-hmm. it can be a relationship with yourself, relationship with a person, relationship with a person and yourself, relationship yeah. with your career. Yeah, exactly. Um, can be, yeah. So it's just. Well, and that, that's like the cool thing about art, right? In any form is like, it's completely based on perspective and completely. like what you've experienced. And that's what's so beautiful about it. It's just, yeah. Endless potential. Yeah. Yes. Okay. The next one does have a title. Oh, yay. (laughs) It's called This Version of Me and You. We fight, and it feels like nothing else. Like skin pulling, like tangled hair that won't come undone, like bone on bone, like nothing I've ever felt, like nothing I want to feel again, like the scraping of glass on the sidewalk, like the chill of frostbite, like hitting your face on the bottom of a rocky sea. Your eyes peer into me, but they don't see. They pass over me because you want to hear what you want to hear. Be here. Be here. Be here with me. I don't want this version of you. But then again, I am this version too. Oh, I like that. (laughs) Thank you. I am this version too. So, did you write that? I'm curious. Did you write that all? In, did that burst kind of come out of you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was. It was actually after a fight that my husband and I had, and it was this moment of like, I guess, I I want you to like listen to me, and I want you to see me, and I want you to stop just being so stubborn about getting your point out, right? Yeah. And then realizing that I was like doing, doing the exact the same, same thing. thing, right? And that's why we can't. That's why there is no compromise. That's why there is no communication. Is because both of us feel like, why aren't you listening to me? Right. We're both there. We're both doing it. Well, that's really hard when you feel not only like you aren't being listened to, but I think one of the hardest things to like have as a human being in life momentarily is to realize you aren't listening. Yeah. Yeah. Because then you're like, you almost feel like a traitor. You're like, this is all I've been asking for Mm -hmm. and I can't do it either. Why can't I do it either? Um, and I love that it's all expressed there. Cause I definitely, that's why I asked that because it felt so pure and like just yeah. truthful, um, you know, like the inner monologue that's playing while the fight yeah. is happening, the realizations are happening yeah. as your, the movie of life is, is occurring. And, um, and I'm pretty sure this one too was like very unedited. It was just like, I think I wrote it all and that was it. I don't think I ever went back and was like oh, I should change this word or add this or... (laughs) But those are great moments when it comes, you know, sometimes, and it's so interesting how we're all so different because some some people will actually feel like if they go back and change it, it's almost like Mm -hmm. defiling the initial... Yeah, yeah. Because we, of course, we want to change grammar and edit ourselves and make it prettier, make it like Mm -hmm. this and that. But some things should remain untouched just because it's a very genuine, truthful, authentic burst of like, this is what I'm feeling right now. And you have these like epiphanies that are happening as you're writing it. Yeah. Which I think is one of the most beautiful things as a writer too, because to have those realizations on paper is like, okay, yeah, I remember that moment. Yep. I remember that like, yep. (laughs) Totally. Yeah. So, and that's, it's so funny too, because I feel like that's when most often when I write either it's by, like, I see someone else do some 
work of art, right? Like it's a painting or a song or a show that I see or a movie or whatever. And then I'm inspired to be like, oh, and that makes me feel this way and I want to write this. Right. Um, but most of the time it's, I'm like walking down the street and I just had an interaction and I'm like, oh, pull out my phone. Like, yeah. I feel this way about this. And it's always just kind of like, what? And then it's, it is what it is. And it's completely, just, and it's done. But. Well, and that's also a great, I feel like a practice as a writer to, which, you know, people have been doing this for years with their little notepads, mm -hmm. but it is nice having like <laughs> yeah. a library where yeah. you can just kind of document because we forget we tell ourselves that in passing I'll remember it like mm -hmm. this was so meaningful right now I'll remember mm -hmm. it but then seven other things happen and you go what was that one thought that I had yeah which always frustrates me so yeah yeah I'm glad that you wrote it down yeah it's like, especially because we edit ourselves when we're emotional too yeah like sometimes it's it's one or the other you're either going to burst it out or you're going to be like mm, yeah I don't want this I don't want to I don't even want to like breathe this out right now yeah um, but it's there anyway. <laughs> I would say most of the time when I'm emotional, I'm very like, what? <laughs> like, Me too. I, I don't, <laughs> yeah, that's like when I can't hold anything in. I'm, yep. <laughs> all the, all the word vomit. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> but that's a really interesting thing just because I do feel like poet, we're very different <laughs> musicians, writers in all different forms. Um, for me, I'll go back through my notes and there will be a line that I'll see and I'll be like, what was that 2 a.m.? Yeah. What was that 2 a.m.? Yeah. <laughs> what did you have to say? <laughs> I'm so real. You know, and it'll be the first line of something. And then from there, if I'm in the right state of mind, or I guess if I believe that it like, it hasn't died, it's not fully yeah, living. Yeah. Things will come. But then there are ones that I'll go back to and I go, nah, man, this is a line. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It's just a line. Like that's, it's not that I don't think it could be built upon, but I don't think it needs to be. It might be just the foundation of a ruined city. Yep. That's all it needs to be. <laughs> yeah. You don't need to see the city as it was. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I think I have probably like, I don't know, hundreds of notes in my phone of just lines. <laughs> and it's like, what was I? Oh, but then it also takes you back because you're like, ah, <laughs> yeah, I remember that. I remember that. Awesome. All right, well, we're going to move on to Alicia's third piece, <laughs> which again, don't feel, also don't feel rushed <clears throat> to like pick something. Um, okay. <laughs> That's so funny. I wasn't, that was like not my top three. That was like my fourth one that I wanted to read that I just did. So I guess I'm doing four. That's, <laughs> that's all, that is totally perfect. <laughs> Okay. I love it. <clears throat> this one also has a title. Living in the Box. Living in the Box. <clears throat> I hate the box. I hate the box. I hate that the box is clear. And I hate that I can see out of it for days and that it has no top, but that I still choose to sit, sometimes lay on the ground of the box, looking at the sky wishing to be free. I hate that you look at me in the box and tell me that's where I belong, and I hate that I believe you because you're supposed to love me. So I believe you. And maybe you think the box is safe for me or safe for you because maybe if I left the box, you'd have to leave yours too. And so I hate the box. I hate that it's up to me. I hate that it's my choice, that I have to climb out of the box all on my own to be free. 
but the sky, the sky is calling me. Dude. Okay, now I want to visualize that one. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I both. Uh, yeah. But I love that because the line, um, you told me I belong or I need to stay in the box and I believed you because mm -hmm. you were supposed to love me. Mm-hmm. Woof. Yeah. Well, and that's so many different things. That could be a lover. That could be a friend. That could be a manager. That could be yourself. It's literally all of the above. All of the yeah. above. <laughs> and I love the idea of lying in this box and looking up at the sky mm -hmm. and knowing there's this world out there, mm -hmm. but feeling like... Mm -hmm. Confined completely. by... Whatever expectations or your own... Thought patterns, fears, or, or doubts. Yeah, I always call them the birds. Like I always call myself a bird brain, because I say there's birds in our brains, <laughs> and they always are like, "You can't do this. You won't be able to do yes. it." But it's like I've come to realize they will always be there. Mm -hmm. I have to learn to love them mm -hmm. and live with them, and know when they're making me jealous or afraid or doubting. That I go, "That's yeah. great. I appreciate you guys, but like, it's fine." Yep. Yeah. Um, exactly. But it's hard. To be a bird brain at the same time. It, yeah. <laughs> because, you know, you get put in the box. Yeah. Well, and then when someone agrees with it, like, that you, that loves you, and you're like, wait, that, I thought that was just a lie that I was, like, believing in my head, and then, and then you agreed with that. And now I'm confused. So now is that before. true? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, and it's hard because we can say all day, you know, I don't care what anyone thinks, or I'm not going to let any person tell me who yeah. I am. Yeah. Which already is kind of most of the time bullshit because I don't care what people say. We're all affected by the negativity that gets thrown at us. Yeah. Even if it's an internet troll, a stranger, a, yeah. a guy on the street that's probably drugged out and yeah. just shouting at everyone. I'm like, yeah. so what did I, you know, I didn't mean to do it. Right. But um, it's hard to not take things personally and that's definitely a personal journey. But it's really hard when it's somebody that loves you. Yeah. Because unfortunately in life... Even the people that love us are not immune to being, you know, not always the most positive factor in our right, lives, right. whether it's there, because everyone, that's the thing I have to remind myself, everyone's in their own life. Yep. Yeah. They're a character in my life, <laughs> Exactly. But they have their own life. So it's like, if this person's going through this amount, it's funny, like to digress, but I had one of my best friends just today was telling me that she went on, she went to go visit a best friend in New York. They've been mm -hmm. best friends for 20 years. And the whole trip, her friend was just being really shitty to her. Yeah. She couldn't figure out why. And towards the end of the trip, her friend was like, I just feel, you know, like I'm always backstage to you. You're always the center of attention. Which, knowing this close yeah. friend of mine, she's she's not a self-centered person at all. I said, well, this friend is very jealous of you. Right. And probably doesn't know how to deal with it. Because jealousy is a real thing. Especially if you love someone and yeah. you know you're jealous of them, how confusing. Yeah, right. Because <laughs> you're like, I still wish you the best, but why do I want you to fail right, right. now? Right, yeah, absolutely. Um, and so that's why I say, like, we have to learn to live with the birds in their brains because when this shit happens and somebody that loves you isn't, I don't know, pulling for you or supporting you or being honest with you even mm -hmm. and yeah. telling you you're this or you're that because yeah. it makes them feel better, Yeah, that's one of the most ultra-confusing periods I think in any person let alone an artist's life yeah absolutely because you you need you need your support and so that's and especially when it's you in your own corner beating mm -hmm. yourself up mm -hmm. yeah yeah exactly it's funny this poem came out of like a conversation that I was having actually with Daniel and another friend where we were talking about 
whether um, it's easier for us to like say be vulnerable as you're creating art, whether writing a song or writing like poetry or music or whatever, um, with other people who you don't know or with your friends. And I was saying it's so much harder for me to create anything with my friends because there's like this other level of expectation that they see me in this certain way. And if I do something outside of that, mm. how are they going to respond? Like, are they still going to love me? <laughs> you know, like, right. like I think at the core of it, that's what it is. Or I remember like being like when I was young, my mom would always want me to like, you know, play the piano or sing in front of like family. And I was like, no, like, cause they're family, but I'll go do it on a stage. Like, I don't want to do it <laughs> around people that are going to be able to tell me how they felt about it later. <laughs> Completely. Well, and it's, again, it's right. It's like the people being let into your most vulnerable moment, mm -hmm. and it's not that you don't enjoy it, mm -hmm. but it can feel like there's an extra pressure that almost takes the joy away from it. Mm -hmm. Because it's just like, you know, which I'm sure a lot of mainstream artists would say, I'm sure like Beyonce, not that she doesn't give a shit, but if she got out, she gets in front of millions of people, yeah. but if she came home and Jay-Z was like, I didn't think that was good. Yeah. She's going to be crushed. <laughs> yeah. Whereas if, you know, 10 fans are like, that wasn't her best. She's like, I don't, I probably didn't even read that comment. Yeah. Yeah, so exactly. It's very difficult. And I think that's one of the most intimate things about, you know, sharing words with people mm -hmm. is they will ask you, well, where did this come from? And why did you, are you okay? Yeah. <laughs> like, I hate sending my mom poetry. I love you, mom. But like, I send her poetry and she's always like, oh, ooh. did you ever write anything happy? And oh, I'm I like, know. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> you're like it's just not my best work. Not the happy like, stuff. I was like, make a book. <laughs> yeah, but I can give you a special book of happy. If exactly. You want your, like, little butterfly poems. That's why I I created like this whole secret Instagram account for oh. a while. That was just my poetry because I had been posting it on my like personal actor account, and people were messaging me being like, "Are you okay?" Dude. <laughs> like, no, I know. I posted something uh, with my best friends from, she was like, I love you. And I was like, okay. Yeah. I, this is, this is This so is not I'm, me reaching out for like <laughs> help, you no. know? No, 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 no. And I think that's why it's a deterrent sometimes for, for people that, that are like, I'm afraid to put this out there, especially because of course I love um, optimism and all that stuff. And I do write when I'm happy too, but a lot of the times it's therapy mm -hmm. to get, like you were saying, after a fight. You get it out. Mm -hmm. And then you can almost look at it and go, okay, this is how I felt. I think there's something very valid to this, but I don't need to necessarily either carry this on yeah. or I can look and know, all right, I wasn't in a place where I was probably not in a functional relationship or I wasn't in a functional place with myself. Yeah. And it just for me to go through my stuff, sometimes it's just keeping a journal of like being accountable to you. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Plus when you're experiencing something that where you're like so elated... It, it, you're, you're full. It's like yeah. you don't need something to fill you, right? So yeah. with writing or creating anything, I feel like that is something that fills me and that's often why I do it. Yeah. And so <laughs> to like do it when I'm already feeling great is, isn't like the most, I don't know. <laughs> then you're present. You're yeah. living your life. Yeah, yeah. And it's not that we're not living our lives when we're writing, but that's a beautiful way to put it. When you're elated, you're full. And writing can oftentimes feel like it's also like the need to explain ourselves, mm -hmm. to be like, why, even to just to ourselves. Yep. Why do I feel like this again? Yeah. Or why is this happening again? Or, you know, okay. And so, yeah, I think that's very, that's a beautiful way of putting it. When we are elated, we are full. <laughs>
And the other times were like the void. <laughs> yeah, we were just searching for something to like figure it out. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, for your fourth piece. Yes. 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 <laughs> um, okay. It's so funny too, because I was telling my husband, like, I feel like a lot there are certain poems that I'm like, I love that poem so much, but to read it out loud is like not right. You know what I mean? Like to see it on a page is like beautiful, but Mm -hmm. to read it, it's like, oh, well, (laughs) that's a little flat. (laughs) Although I feel like sometimes we feel that way more than somebody who has it. But I know what you mean completely. Certain, I do agree that certain poems feel like they live on the page and certain need to be read. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. This one has no title. I'm sorry. (laughs) Unforgivable. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. You shouldn't be allowed to handle a heart. You took and you take, and no matter how many times you say you won't, you did and you do, and you never stop. And somehow you convinced all of us to let you hold that throbbing, beating piece of passion, and we let you hold it in your hand. A long time ago, someone told me I needed to protect that piece of me, the heart that housed my tenderness and dreams, but you seemed so safe like the answer to a million prayers, like finding an island after days at sea, and so I let you hold that part of me. But you shouldn't be allowed to handle a heart. I hate to be graphic, but not only did you touch it with your grimy hands, the hands with which you ripped out hearts and tore them apart and made women into walking zombies, But you bit it, and you squeezed it so hard the life came out of it. You squeezed it like a lemon, hoping to get sweet, delicious juice. And when there was only bitterness left, you threw it on the ground and stepped on it on your way out. And then another woman gave you her heart too. And I feel bad for her, because now she's tied to you. And sometimes I wonder if she knows, deep down, like all of us knew, when we handed you that beating mass and trusted you. Dude, the image of the heart sucking the sweet juice out and when there's only bitterness left and you kick... Oh! Yeah. That is so... Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Girl, your shit is good for... Your shit is good, but it's damn good for visualization. It's um, so funny because I feel like that's what I'm... Uh, that's, like, was always my vision, too, to do, like... I have two poems sort of that I visualized into like a music video type work I love it um and that's like kind of my my goal and dream too is to like make some stuff like of that of course so because like, it can reach so many I mean cause especially if you're a musician I mean who knows what that can turn into yeah so um, I tend to write that way a little bit uh, unintentionally or intentionally I don't know well, and I think that I think it's also a stylistic choice for writers. What mm-hmm. hits you? Mm-hmm. There are images, whether it's with you know elements and food and, and animals and just yeah. We sometimes it's like impossible to describe it without kind of having that that bigger image yeah. to put it bigger than you. And yeah. I just love that idea of because that's so freaking true. And not to go all like battle of the sexes. But I do feel like that's especially true of men and the battle with men and women throughout the ages of emotion mm-hmm. is like, we all want the easy, sweet part, but once it gets difficult or bitter or you yeah. have to really get into um, 
the bottom layers of what is there. People often bail. They yeah. can't handle it. Yeah. It's scary. It's daunting, whatever. And both parts are so important. Yeah. You know, we mm -hmm. don't want a world of artificial sweetener. Right. We don't want a wor world of bile tar and acid. Right. But you need both. Right. I mean, not to get Star Wars, but it's like the force. Like, you need the dark side, too. Absolutely. Yep. Because, yeah, it's a, it's a balance. So I love that, and I love that visual just because it's also... It's difficult to watch someone move on from you in any form, whether it's yeah. a romantic relationship, whether you have a friend that decides peace for yeah. whatever reason. Um, but it's also nice to appreciate that thing about yourself that's like, I'm, I'm the lemon, but I'm not a lemon. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, totally. Like, I'm the lemon in that story, but that doesn't mean I'm a lemon. Right. Because I think, uh, you know, the other, it's very difficult not to take, especially when a heartbreak devastates you, whatever, whatever way it might have been, yeah. to not feel like you're not worth while. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So, that's and, very And powerful. I think, too, like, that's, as you were saying, like, in humanity, like, that's one of the most beautiful things about being human, right? And also just being in love. Like, mm -hmm. I think... I've been with my husband for 10 years, we've, we've been married for two, and one of the most beautiful things about our relationship has been this, like, sort of, like, he changes, and I'm like, I don't know how to deal with that part of you anymore, and right. then I learn to love that part of him, right? And then it becomes one of my favorite things about him, and then... I changed like I was going through something recently where I was like looking in the mirror and like being like I don't even recognize that person I don't even know who that is he's like I don't either but I still love you and like we're gonna keep going through it and as we grow and change like that's just one of the most beautiful things to like love people through that bitterness I think Absolutely. and like through that the lemon part well of and then you get through to this the actual sweetness yeah like the real you know yeah. And that's amazing because it is, if we don't grow, we don't evolve, we die. Yeah. And it's very hard to stay on the quote-unquote same page as another human being. Mm -hmm. But I, my whole philosophy is, hey, as long as y'all are in the same chapter, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're yeah. going to flip at different points. People might flip ahead and look ahead, but, like, yeah. people might flip back. Yeah. Um, but that's huge that after 10 years and obviously two years of marriage, but it's the game doesn't change in terms of yeah. who you are yeah. together. It changes in terms of how you're going to evolve and are you going to look at each other and not recognize each other one day? And that's, right. as long as you, I feel like love each other and keep going and knowing that that's part of adapting and it sucks. And that's why relationships, I'm like, Oh God, that's why they're hard. That is why they're hard. It's true. <laughs> yeah, it's true. But, um, but that's amazing. And I feel like a lot of these, a lot of your poems also really delve into what makes people afraid to express these things. Yeah. Because we are afraid to look in the mirror and not recognize ourselves. We're yeah. afraid to be discarded, quote-unquote. Yeah, yeah. To lose that competition in our mind. Yeah. Or to be in the desert and not know, is this, am I ever going to return to, or is this just a new beginning yeah. for a new journey that still might be part of the destination I imagined anyway? Yeah. All of these things are questions that send people into existential crisis. Yeah. <laughs> but if we don't ask them in a... I think a fluent and active way, it only makes it worse. Yeah. And so, I don't know, these words to me are very precious and I appreciate you for sharing them because I know it's very vulnerable to have to get up and 
even just with one person yeah. that you barely know, yeah. it's difficult to share our words. Yeah, it is. No, but I've really, I really enjoyed it. And I'm really thankful to be able to provide that for people and also just to like, for myself to be able to share and I don't know, it gives me something too, you know, it's not just Completely. for other people. Well, it's like my mom always told me because I had, you know, I, I went through a relationship in my 20s that, which I'm like, in my 20s, I just turned 30. <laughs> I was so Back in the ago. day. Back in those days of the 20s. Um, but I was with the same person, you know, I was with the same guy uh, from 21 to almost 28 years old. Mm-hmm. And um, it didn't end well. But yeah. I would cry to my mom and I'd be like, why did I go through that? Like, why did I think this person was going to be my everything? And like, why did I go through it? It's such a waste. And she would always say, it's only a waste if you don't learn anything. Yeah. It's only a waste if you don't take something away from it and grow. She's like, it's never a waste, no matter what we experience. Absolutely. And I think that's huge. And that's a part of like why sharing can be such a liberating part of our growth and learning for ourselves to have someone go, oh yeah, no, I remember I went through that and it's like, okay, I'm not, okay. (laughs) I'm not totally cuckoo cuckoo. Yeah, exactly. Good to know, good to know. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I, I think that and your idea, your visions for making these into, you know, music videos and all that, I definitely think there's so much, there's so much there, obviously, as you know. Yeah. So, and I don't feel like it would be anything that would, we could do it really grandiose and we could do it very small yeah, scale. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, that's all right, everybody. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us. This was Staying Inspired, episode eight with Alicia Beck on the Poets Return podcast. And amid any extra time you might have, I hope that these words have inspired you, maybe ignited some sort of a passion or a creativity so that all this time might be worthwhile. And uh, you might you might discover some sort of a new project or a new passion piece, something to write that will make the passing of the time go a little bit quicker and a little bit easier. So stay safe, stay healthy, and as always, use your words carefully, use your words well. Poets Return, a poetry podcast where artists share their work and discuss their process and let you see the story behind the words. This audio production is copyright 2019 by the Poets Return podcast, All Rights Reserved. The copyrights for each story are held by the respective authors. No duplication or reproduction of this auto program is permitted without the written consent of Melissa Bowie.